Oh, hey, Kate. Big girl, you are beautiful. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I, I don't think I do. Uh, whatever. It was like a fat positive <clears throat> anthem of the early 2000s. Find yourself to the butterfly lounge. Um, I am curious about your road trip. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what are you curious about? I'm curious like what you're planning. I'm curious about the route. I'm, I'm curious what you're going to eat at where. I'm curious about... Um, I'm curious about what you're going to listen to. So I think... And hitchhikers? I, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to uh, go the Pennsylvania route as opposed, oh! to, the, as opposed to the New York route. Um, because I'm going to come drop something off at your house and it makes Woo! no sense to go go back up. To ninety, um, uh, so um, yeah, so that's that's the route by which I will be traveling to Cleveland, Ohio, um, where I will be visiting my parents for the first time in like who knows how fucking long, and uh, yeah, and we are all vaccinated and it has been two weeks since my last shot and more than two weeks since uh since their last shots so we're going to uh you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna do some open mouth kissing <laughs> that's what y'all do in ohio right <laughs> it's called the old swedish hug <laughs> So I'm uh, I I'm excited for the road trip. I was very bad at saving all of my podcasts, so I will I have on my list this evening um, to go through and find some new stuff or old stuff or I don't know whatever to listen to on the way there. Uh, and and then I'm going to come back on Saturday. So just just a little week long jaunt to Ohio. It's really exciting to go anywhere. Yes. <sighs> what did I want to tell you? There was so much, and then it it did that thing where it left where it left my brain. Should we talk about the news? <laughs> what news? Oh, okay. Can I just tell you? Let me tell. Let me start with a funny story about teaching this week. Uh, so I have a three-year-old daughter. She is so smart. You know, everybody thinks their kid is fucking smart, but I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's such a douchey thing to say. Um, it, you know, everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. And Frankie is like, she's just, she's a sharp, she's sharp. And she's got a really good memory and her mom doesn't. And um, so we're working, we're working on the potty training thing. 
Mm-hmm. She's doing pretty good, but you know, like I said, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And um, <laughs> I, I bring this up only because there's been a few times where you know I have some help with childcare from uh, my wonderful mom down the street from time to time, and you know, sometimes there are days where it falls through on the childcare front, and I end up uh, teaching and momming at the same time. And, you know, for the most part, I have my emergency contingency plan set up. I have like learning stations all around so that if she gets bored and wants, you know, I just sort of direct her to another activity (laughs) while teaching, you know, and, um, but there's just, you know, there's some things you cannot, you cannot plan for no matter how much you try. And, um, one of them was, I just, I, I don't want to overshare. I want to like give my child her dignity and not overshare, but long story short, but here uh, we are, <laughs> here we are. And uh, I had a moment where I was convinced, I was convinced that what she was doing in the other room was, uh, taking a shit on the carpet. <laughs> I was just about, I was like, yep, that's what's happening right now while I'm teaching. I'm going to hold some space for people while this is, and so I, I, you know, I spent the class sort of mentally preparing myself for, <laughs> for that. And then, um, it didn't happen. Long story short, class was over and, um, my daughter had in fact used the potty, but had described it very differently. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she came to, you know, I, there's, there's a temptation to try to hide your life when you're teaching, like, I don't want people to see how messy I am, or I don't want people to see the skeletons in the closet or my naked child shitting on a rug, whatever you're trying to like, (laughs) you know, and I, I sort of, I sort of, I've always resented teachers that walk into the room, like fucking butterflies are flying out of their ass all the time. And you know who you are. If you're listening, you do it for the good of your fucking students. Cause they have enough. They should come and have a positive experience. And go, you know, fuck that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't buy it. I think it's fake. Show me something real, and then I can relate with you. I don't have. To, I don't have time for the performance of positivity. I because then when I'm positive about something, when I'm happy about something, the people around me trust that I'm genuinely excited. You know, yeah. It's like the boy who cried fricking goop wolf. I don't know. <laughs> um, any, anyways, I don't know where I was going with this part of the story, but uh, yeah. So in person before COVID, I, I still resented teachers that sort of pretended like everything was fine in the world or in their life or in the lives of their students. And like, they do it in subtle linguistic ways, subtle, like just let it all go kind of like exhales. And like, I don't know, there's like a surfacey, there's a surfacey saccharine thing that I think Mm -hmm. can happen in the new agey set. And I, I I don't like it. And I don't like it on zoom either. You're right there. I am. Um, (laughs) So I'm not saying like you have to hop on Zoom as a teacher and be like, come look at my house. I want you to see how I live and like have people see how you live. But I also am like, it's okay. It's okay, right? For us to see each other in the struggle. Like I, 
you know, I was teaching meditation the other day and I was like, I am in no position to hold space here, but you got to show up. And meditation is different than teaching yoga. It just is. And, you know, you just have to like fall back on what you do in your own practice, I guess. And uh, I find myself coming up with like apologies for existing and, um, and doing the work I do in the atmosphere and environment that I have access to. So mm-hmm. that's just a fancy way of saying, like, I have a, a pretty busy street right outside my window. And it's, it, it can be loud. And like with cars and fucking, I don't know, crotch rockets, Japanese crotch rockets, you know. And, you know, I that's where I live. And... I find myself wondering if there are people that are like, you know, when, when we're, you know, the expectation of something pristine and quiet and bell jarred and clean and pure. And well, don't I, you it, think though that that's, I mean, that has been set up now as the expectation of a yoga experience, wherein like, I don't, I don't know of a, I don't really know of a place where there isn't, you know, noisy people in the lobby, a noisy street, pole dancers upstairs, a wild child playing the drums and piano upstairs. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some other (laughs) examples. Um, uh, There's that story that I think Leslie Kamenoff often tells about the dumpster being right outside the meditation hall and the, the <laughs> in the middle of meditation, everything, you know, the trash being taken out, <laughs> out into a big, you know, dump truck. Uh, you know, there's just never been a pristine. And even when there is a pristine, like if there was a perfectly pristine and quiet place to practice, there would be something else that would kind of show up to rub you the wrong way or challenge you or you know whatever the case may be but i really do think it's i worry that we're going to get into this kind of extreme of it's either a spa environment or it's I don't know, or it's some place with a ton of imperfection because that's that's the only thing that that independent businesses will be able to afford. Uh, and I I personally love a creaky floorboard and uh, trying to find the one place in the room where the floor is level in order to do a handstand <laughs> or where the floor is tilted advantageously <laughs> to do... <laughs> To be able to get up. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I, I think the, the part of it I'm struggling with is the part of me that is, has internalized it, you know, sure. I, yeah, yeah. I wish I was a hundred percent comfortable with the fact that, you know, I sometimes, you know, teach and from time to time I'm taking care of my daughter while I do it. Like I, Mm -hmm. like I feel 
Like it's not ideal, you know, it's not ideal for my daughter. It's not ideal for the people taking my class, but it's the reality that we live in right now. And I'm doing like the best I can, can just like everybody else. Um, and I try to handle it. Um, I try to handle it by not being frustrated or angry at my daughter, certainly, and to certainly not over apologize in class when it happens, because I don't, if somebody else experiences that when they're working, I don't want them to feel like they have to apologize when their kids in the room. And, um, I also had an experience the other week where I was taking over a class for somebody and, uh, someone who is a regular, you know, in the middle of class wrote me a, a, a fairly long publicly available con comment about how, you know, they wished I would demo and how all of the other teachers demo and that makes it so much easier to understand what's going on. And you're allowed to want that. That's okay. Like if that's what you need to learn, that is okay. And it is okay if I don't do that as a teacher. Yeah. You don't get paid um, enough to do that. No, yeah, I, I don't. And it was interesting because the teacher was referring to somebody who I know doesn't demo a lot, like from time to time <laughs> here and there. But, you know, it takes time sometimes to adjust to a different teacher and how they linguistically get you someplace. It takes time. And, um, you know, I think really what was happening was this person was probably just mourning, mourning that they had become used to and comfortable with a different teacher. And now they are going to have to deal with that again, or they were sort of wrestling if they even wanted to be there. And all of that is normal and okay. Um, but I had a moment of feeling this, like, maybe I shouldn't be teaching, you know, mm -hmm. like I can't physically demo everything. Um, I can't, like I had spine surgery this year and I don't want to have to keep reminding myself that it's okay that I teach in a disabled body. And like, you know, my disability doesn't come from the spine surgery. The spine surgery was a result of the autoimmune disease, but like, I don't feel shame calling it a disability, first of all, and not all disabilities are like forever. Some of them are in and out. Some of them are forever, but like, I don't want to feel shame saying that. And I certainly, if another teacher was saying this to me, I'd be like, you shut your fucking mouth. Of course you should teach. If you, <laughs> Ryan, were going through this, if I were looking at you and you're like, Kate, I had, I had, I had neck surgery. It was pretty, took a lot out of me and I've got this new diagnosis and I'm managing, you know, immune suppressants and my whole life is, is totally on its head. I would be like, Oh God teach it's still okay like but i i'm really struggling to give myself that grace when i have students that are disappointed and that don't know me maybe and are disappointed that i'm not performing asana and it, it just makes me sad because it's you know and that's the shit i've got to work on i got to work on like having a stronger defense shield around that but we are such a fucking ableist community, both as students and teachers and as an institution. Like we really, really st still 
privilege the visual the visual representation of the practice the fancy fucking instagram thing so you know i will beat this drum and this horse until it comes back to life and then i will beat it again <laughs> that's why it matters if your instagram is filled with handstands because if you know, I, I've been teaching long enough that it's like, man, I should feel really solid in this. But I, I'm, I'm trying to be honest here. Like, I, I have moments where I'm like, I, I got to quit. I don't belong here. I'm not, I'm not doing a good enough job because I am not demoing the shapes. And, you know, teachers reach out to me in private and are like, I wish I could not demo. I wish I could figure out how not to demo. <laughs> yeah. And then I want to be like, hey, fuck you. Why don't you try like getting sick enough or hurt enough, whatever, that you can't, and it's not an option. And then come fucking bitching to me about how you got to put food on your daughter's table. Which makes I don't, me angry and sad. Yeah. I mean, I don't obviously wish anybody injury, but no, no. there will be a time, and, and I say this to newer teachers, there will be times, and hopefully they're just sort of momentary blips where like, demoing is not an option and and so you gotta you know even if that's not your preferred mode of of teaching folks the sort of more linguistic uh approach you you got to be able to flex that muscle otherwise you're you're it's it's gonna be really hard in those moments where you're like oh i really like have to sit here and lean my back against this wall and obviously i'm talking about an in-person class <laughs> and just position myself in a way that i can see everybody well enough to instruct um and You know, those classes where, when, when there isn't the, because even though I don't demo a lot, if things are, if I'm not able to access my words or it's clear that people aren't understanding me, then I, I, I go to get up on my mat and show what I'm, what I'm talking about. But those moments, many, many moments in my teaching career where it's just been like, not an option because of sickness or injury or just shit <laughs> um those have been some of the the best classes that i've ever that i've ever taught um and i think i think one of the trickier things though that i think about a lot is Absolutely. I do believe that anybody who would step into my classroom who was able to move and breathe, that I would be able to teach them something. But that is diametrically at odds and opposed to the product of a yoga class, as it is known in in this culture. And I don't think that the answer, uh, like, 
I, I really love all of the things that are now out there about accessible yoga, but I, I, I do, I don't, I don't know that they're really, it doesn't always feel like it's hitting the mark on that end of the spectrum either. Because Can it's- Can you say more about that? I think we've talked about this a couple episodes ago. It's just, it's, there's still a lot of, like, I, maybe it's not missing the mark. Maybe it just feels incomplete because it still feels very much like, and now this is probably just the visual representation of it, right? If I actually sat down with the people who were, who were really doing good advocacy around, around this, um, we would probably be in a lot of agreement, but this, this sort of visual presentation of it is often, okay, so you can't do Janna Shashasana, so let's find a position in which you are seated down and you have one leg straight and you have the other leg in external rotation and abduction and flexion, and then you are turning towards the straight leg and coming forward into mild flexion a little bit. And like, yes, that is a, that is a part of the accessible conversation, right? Uh, but if we only focus on that, I, I just, I, I, I think something gets really, really lost. Do you mean like using the framework of an, an able-bodied practice to translate the direction and intention of a shape into something that is accessible to maybe a larger group of people and instead of kind of like this um so when the fight for gay marriage really kicked into high gear uh you know some folks were like hey uh why are we fighting to be part of a system that is so yeah <laughs> like maybe we just reimagine <laughs> we reimagine life outside of the um, heteronormative, um, imperialist, misogynist, fascist institution <laughs> that is marriage. Like maybe instead of banging on the door to get that, we 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 celebrate uh, what family and commitment and community can look like in a different concept. Do you mean it kind of like that? Like how about instead of trying to replicate? what our idea of Ashtanga and or Vinyasa yoga looks like sort of watered down. Why don't we look at all the other ways that one can have an asana practice outside of that framework? Yeah. I think that, I think the difference is, is quite, it's a, it's like a, you're, you're walking a tightrope, I think uh, when, because it can very quickly become about, It can very quickly be held in the frame of this person can't do, ergo, we modify. As opposed to the body has a fairly finite number of ways that it can move. And we're going to move people through those ranges of motion to whatever degree that they're they're um, comfortable with on that day and how can we teach how can we set the stage so that they are they feel empowered to 
and skilled enough to know over time what is the appropriate amount of backbend what is the appropriate amount of forward bend what is the appropriate amount of turn what is the appropriate amount of side bend what is the appropriate amount of lengthening like what is the appropriate amount of stillness what is the appropriate amount of movement like that that it it it's it becomes it becomes an inquiry even though it's going to look very different in every body that's in in the room and i think that's um i'm sure that's a part of what a lot of people are doing but the the sort of outward presentation of it always sort of hits a little bit of a like eh, i don't know um does that i mean i i think the thing that i can relate with with this is um you know, sometimes seeing uh, in um, yoga for everybody, uh, healthy at every size and um, yoga for larger bodies kind of teachers, which so glad there's more than there's ever been. And I celebrate everybody's work. Uh but sometimes it's like a look it, there's i i've also i, I want to be fair too i've seen this outside of yoga too with like um sort of fitness stuff um it's like look my body can perform exactly the same as you know somebody who is uh, very thin and um hyper mobile uh and I don't know that we have to prove that like that it still seems like earning a right to be at the table by proving compound complex shapes. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh look, no, I can I can do this, I can get there, and I can get you there. Maybe we just use some different props. And it's like, okay, yeah, no, that's good. We should prove that. We should prove that um there are tons of um healthy, strong, able-bodied fat people. Mm -hmm. But like after a tick, <laughs> you know, one wonders, is there something, is there something more to it? You know, yeah. like, um, I think that for me, if I reflect on my personal sort of journey with that, I taught hot yoga and power yoga and took hot power yoga and that kind of stuff for a long time alongside being a huge fan of, you know, restorative, slow flow, hatha, um, Iyengar. Uh, but I think sometimes there was part of me that was experiencing the, that as like proof to myself that I was allowed to participate, like as a big girl, like, okay, I can, I can get my ash up in the air, bent and twisted. Look at me, you know, look, look at, you know, I can, I can do it. See, I belong yeah. here. I'm allowed to be here. Right. And I think that, you know, I, I, I wasted a lot of time, I think, thinking that way, but I, I don't want to beat myself up over it. That's what I needed to do. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, cool. I don't mm -hmm. want to do that right now. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I guess this, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to say, I don't. 
I don't want anyone to think that I don't think it can be a valuable, exciting practice. Like, it can, but only if you're genuinely doing it. Like, don't do it because you think you have to like earn your place at a at a table. Is what I mean by that. Well, that's what I mean. I I really do wonder. Um, the because i also feel like there is this this strand of marketing that's like any yoga class is for anybody and like i i think it's okay for someone to say this is a class in which we will be doing headstand and forearm balance and shoulder stand that is a part of this class if you do not want to do that this is not the class for you. Okay, yeah, and it better be well described that that will be in class, you know? Yes. Because how many times do you do you show up at a slow flow, for example, and maybe not know that that's on the table? We're so reliant on subtext in classes. Sure. You know, <laughs> and that's the problem. You know, yes, absolutely. If you want to have a class that is dedicated to inversions, yeah. or arm balances or whatever. Uh, I, awesome. Do it. Like when I take my daughter to gymnastics, I'm not <laughs> expecting that my three-year-old be allowed into the class with the 11-year-olds and, sure. <laughs> and to have a wonderful experience. Like that's just kind of unfair, you know, to, yeah. to everyone. Yeah. So I think that that's achieved, like you said, with, you know, um, with allowing the classes to exist with intention and clear communication that that's what's happening. And I think the really slippery part of that is how do you do that without devolving into some sort of level conversation in which the class that is including those more complex or I don't know that they're actually those particular poses are complex in terms of like the actual joint actions it takes you to do them. Um, but in terms of the sort of familiarity you need to have with those, with those postures um, and with your own body in relation to those postures uh, that to me, it's less of a, like, this is an advanced class and more of a, we will be doing headstand. It's okay if you don't do headstand, but you need to know the alternatives that you can do to get the yes. experience yes. that the rest of the class is, or so at least you're not be open. furiously writing a note to the teacher and, <laughs> or doing that thing where you like cross your arms and you're like, this is the ugliest face I've ever made, by the way. I look like John Candy and God rest Rest in peace, John. And Rosie O'Donnell, circa 1997. This is great. I keep forgetting this is a podcast. (laughs) Do do the face again. Do the face again. I'll I'll capture it for it. (laughs) Now, please take an aftershot. (laughs) One with the jawline, please. Don't take it. Did you get one where you can see my jawline? Yes. <sighs> I won't make the same mistake twice. Probably be a before and after shot. If before I... Unrolled Podcast, after Unrolled Podcast. Thank you. 
I'm not sure which one is the before. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know what the answer. I have no idea what the fucking answer is. Um, I, I do think that I, when it comes, it would be useful. I don't know. I, I got no. I, I had an interesting conversation with my brother about it, and he's like, "I really want to take." like a class that's about sort of stretch and meditation and chill. And I'm like, you asshole, I've been teaching that for like 10 years. This is your <laughs> fucking sister's class, you dick. And, um, <laughs> um, and then he's like, where is it again? Send me the website. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's awesome. But um, the point of it is, I think he'd be irritated yeah. because A, it's his little sister and B, um, I'm not demoing. And yeah. I know that I want to be fair because I know that there are some people that genuinely need to see things or it really helps them with their learning process. I just don't think it's as many people yeah. as people think they are. I think that some percentage of those people are just full of shit and they're not trying, but <laughs> <laughs> they want to watch a show. Yeah. That, well, it's also... Uh, when when that conversation especially in the in the realm of of zoom comes up unless the teacher is stopping saying everybody come to your screen and look at this thing that i'm going to show you how to do which sometimes i have to do because i'm setting up props in a particular way or you know whatever the case may be uh but with rare exception is it like appropriate for them to be looking at the screen at the same time? Yes. That, like in their pose while I am in my pose, like maybe in triangle pose, maybe in like any of those like lateral standing poses, you can get away with like. Exactly. But, but the rest of you just that... gonna your fucking neck. What are you doing? Don't look at me. <laughs> They're like in a headstand turning their <laughs> yeah yeah but it's a it's a it's a very strange uh but but this always to me comes back to the w when i began now it's not like when i started taking yoga there wasn't that strand of just power yoga you come you know get put through the paces and and then you're you know sweated out in a carpeted room with space heaters <laughs> that was that was hot power flow <laughs> back in the day <laughs> um so it's not that that strand wasn't there but there was much more of at the same time a strand of teachers in classes that were set up i mean beyond just iangar were were set up in more of a classroom model like we're here to learn something and there will be times where we're in a pose there'll be times where we'll be out of a pose looking at something and there'll be times where we're you know helping each other out with like it, it it was just more there was a more open sense of what the classroom was meant to be like um and i know that that's not popular and people are always like but that it breaks the flow and i disagree i i do not think for one second 
when I have been in Patricia Walden's class and she has everybody go and get a chair and then come over and look at so-and-so doing the pose in the chair that the people in the room are, especially the folks who have been practicing a while that they are breaking the flow of practice by stepping off their mat and coming and looking and then going back and doing. I don't feel that as breaking the flow of practice, uh, <clears throat> especially if you know people wanna talk about flow state and whatever the words that people use to describe just like a meditative state of mind, you're muted again. You're breaking the dissociative trance. Yes. <laughs> and, and I just, I just want a classroom to be a classroom again. And, and that's kind of why I'm stepping away from, from teaching group asana classes for a while because I just don't, I don't really know what that looks like in, in 2021 on Zoom and in 2021 back in person. Uh, but it's, it's time to, I, I just, I, I want a context in which I can get a little weirder than, and, and you can only really get weird when you're in charge of the context. Ooh, 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 I don't know if I agree with that. I will stand Ooh. by that. You can only it, the I, only. No, I'm calling. I'm calling horseshit. You on can it. only. You Maybe can, you don't feel like you can get weird. <laughs> My but, daughter took a shit on the rug <laughs> while I taught. But it you got still weird. You still taught a yoga class that people felt like was a yoga class. If I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> more of a deconstruction of what we understand as as a yoga class uh and and i just don't have a lot of confidence that uh i can do that unless i am helping to set the context well well, you know, I, the place where I can, I can resonate with that thought is when there's a part of your brain that is always checking that the consumer yes. is enjoying the product. And for the most part, I have trusted that um that if i just show up and do what i want to do that people will find their way to the class Everland. i'm offering <laughs> the class i'm offering if they want to you know and uh that people that are not into it i am not trying to convince them that they should be into it you know, I'm not going to change. Um, I'm not going to apologize for not demoing, first of all, even though I might feel a 
myself writing an <laughs> apology. Um, but I, I would like to not apologize for how I'm teaching and just relax into what I value and what I've learned and what I have to offer and just do that. Um, but when you're looking at things like class numbers and whether or not you will still be allowed the platform, then yeah, I, I understand. And um, I understand the fear around, you know, if, if I get really weird and less people like the weirdness, <laughs> you know, or the thing that's yeah. offered, am I, you know, you know, so if there is a different context, one where uh, you set the platform and the framework and you ultimately are responsible for whether or not it is financially viable, um, one could be free of that. There's other challenges that come with that. Sure. Of course. Absolutely. But I've already tackled those challenges <laughs> in, yeah. in my life multiple times. So. I guess I just, I'm not in, it's like for me, like I, and it's different for me because I, I really want to, I guess there's part of me that's like, if I'm not easily accessible, then I worry about a vanishing ilk of outsiders if all, I don't know, I don't know. I, it, there's part of me that's like, no, you carry me out of my class kicking and screaming. <laughs> you carry me out kicking and screaming and tell me that it doesn't matter that, I, that I'm here even if I don't have yeah. the best attended class, like it, yeah. tell me that it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. And I'm talking about this. I mean, to be, it's, it's, it's tricky because, you know, uh, I teach only at down under right now. So, but I've taught many other places and felt this feeling everywhere. I teach with the exception of a gym, mm -hmm. although that gym was starting to creep toward that model. Cause at first they were like, whatever, it's valuable that the gym offer this, we don't care if people come, but the fact that this offering is here gets people to buy memberships, sure. you know, even if they don't use it. And yeah. so there was like a freedom to just, you know, and then, then they started ticketing classes and that. Yeah. Oh, I think this is, this is all stuff that's going to really, uh, I mean, I think, um, I think there are going to be some. I just burped. There's, there's going to be quite a bit of. of it's <laughs> going to be quite a bit of burping in 2021, um, but there's also going to be quite a, quite a bit of re reimagining what this, you know, what what it is to teach yoga in this culture, and. Um, I was that just a crotch rocket that went by? Yeah, did you hear it? I did hear it. Yes, that's how I teach with that kind of shit. Just like it's trucks and buses and crotch rockets. That's it. That's all we have in Riverside, East Providence. There's the title of the episode: Trucks and Buses and Crotch Rockets. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't live in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but here's here's the other thing too is is I do feel like there is a fuck it I'll just say it I I really I I really miss the the community that was was at Bow Street it it was just an impossible situation to have that much overhead um, for that small of a studio. And, um, but it's, it, and maybe I said this the other week, but it's taken me more than a year to realize that I did some good things there and that, uh, the I don't know where that thought leads you know and just that I want to be continuing the work that I that I was doing there in whatever form I can do it. Uh, and whether if that means that it's not my full time job, then that means that it's not my full time job. But uh, yeah, I would say it's it's probably taken me until this past month to not think of that whole kind of four year cycle as a failure. You know, from the outside, it's, um, I don't get to see often how hard you are on yourself until right now. And the fact that that's how you perceive, you know, and I don't know how helpful it is to hear, but it's like, there was no fucking failure in that. Yeah. None. And if anything, there was some really, really beautiful timing with, <laughs> you know, like there was some yeah. deeply perfect timing around all of it. And I think that, you know, looking forward, you get to reimagine uh, community and audience. Yeah. You know what I do sometimes when I'm not feeling, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's, um, it's called meditation. <laughs> you, just, you sit with your feelings and you watch them like weather patterns in the sky. So whenever, whenever Fez or, or myself is having a, a rough, rough time, the, there is the, the, the perennial joke of 
have you tried meditation? (laughs) 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 Which is like just enough of a dick move to like make the other one laugh. I'm so glad I also thought of that joke. Um, Uh, Yeah, that and like when you're injured and someone's like, you know, yoga could be really good for that. (laughs) Um, Speaking of audience yes we have some exciting things happen happening that we can't quite tell you all about yet it's big and it's in your bloomers it's big and it's in your pants (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna try to make a musical about everybody's got (laughs) bloomers anyways (laughs) So I went through today and put uh, all of the episodes back up on the free feed. So the whole feed is there for all to see. Uh, and you know we're going back to uh, the old school days of just you know asking for donations whenever um, folks feel called to donate to help this this little uh, endeavor. Uh, keep chugging along (laughs) and uh, there may or may not also be some swag (gasps) I've only been asking for it for how long how long (laughs) Ryan so so stay tuned stay tuned stay tuned stay tuned this is this is this is our version of a Jay Brown Man, I need to I need to tune back into Jay Brown because I'm getting rusty on my impression. <laughs> I don't want to give it all away right now. And I'm afraid if I say it out loud that some of it might not come true. But that's ridiculous. <laughs> that was that almost um, and the voice I'm realizing sounds a lot like what's that actor's name? Ah, uh, like a little bit of oh yeah from Heather's. Come on, from the '80s. Uh, yeah, but what's the actor's name? It's the one that Skeet Larson or whatever was impersonating. Oh my god, with this—he had greasy black hair and squinty eyes. Somebody right now is listening and screaming the actor's <laughs> name. Oh, was it Christian Slater? Yep, Christian yeah. Slater. Yes, Christian Slater. That's that is the origin the of yeah. my Jay Brown voice. You yes, know? accurate. That is, that is the origin of your Jay. <laughs> but also a little bit of Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yes, it's a little bit. It's, I hope you're taking this as a compliment, Jay, if you're listening. It really is. You have a beautiful voice. <laughs> you do. I like listening to your voice. <sighs> well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds good. Bye. Bye. It won't stop. I want it stopped.